await no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube at the Trophy Room YouTube channel. If you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts, or if you really, really like us, toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? Doing pretty great. Yeah. I'm tired, but other Same. than that, feels good. It feels like, you know, something monumental and historic happened today. Couldn't even and think that, of it. And, like, it feels like it's a little bit of a more positive place. Like a relief. Lots again. of work to do, but it feels... Exactly. There's a weight gone from the shoulders. It's like four mean? years of stress automatically yeah. off your shoulders for some reason. It's great. <laughs> um, for me, Kyle, I ran into a situation the other day. You want to hear mm-hmm. it? I'm ready. I, so in the whole trying to get a console thing, um, you know, I, I got my PlayStation 5 easy. I wanted Jim Ryan's chosen one. He sent me that letter. He didn't send you one. Suck it. Um, I was trying to find an Xbox and I bought one on Amazon UK. It's a Series S. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the lines, I found a uh, a Series X on Costco, like a week before this thing was going to launch. So I ordered it from Costco, and I totally forgot about the Series S. So the Series S came in, and I have nothing. I, I don't need it anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Amazon won't let me return it. Mm-hmm. I need to pay because it was Amazon UK, international fees, which guess how much that was? $200. Yeah, I was about to say. So this is a predicament, right? What do I do with two Xboxes when I barely almost use one? Here's the deal. As this, as, as this thought enters, what am I going to do? We have this charity event, right? So we are streaming this show right now live for everybody over at twitch.tv slash PS trophy room. And I thought, yes, it's a little off brand to, <laughs> to advertise an Xbox, but if you're feeling it, please, please, please. We're doing this for our good friend, Bobby Pauls. He's fighting COVID-19. He's been in the hospital since Halloween. Um, so his medical expenses are through the roof. And we're trying our best to raise as much money as we can. We're at right now 20K. I've thrown this Xbox as part of it. You All you need to do, donate $10 and up to Gaming for Guru. Uh, link in the description, link in the chat, uh, slap, or, or exclamation point donate. Get involved. Help Bobby. If it was not for this man, I would not be podcasting today. I wouldn't be here today. This man, I owe it all to him. Seriously. So please, please, please go in there, donate. It's for a good cause. And you get to maybe try out a Game Pass and see what that all is all about. But it's pretty Kyle, good. With that Spoiler said. Alert. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty nice. This is a real good value. All the Wolfen signs are there. Jeez. Listen, we have a very special guest with us today. Kate Sanchez. How are you? And what do you do? All that good stuff. Hi. Thank you for having me, mainly because I've been wanting to let my pterodactyl screeching about Hitman reach the masses. Um, <laughs> so I'm Kate Sanchez. I am the editor-in-chief of But Why They're a Geek Community. We are an entertainment and pop culture website focused on doing reviews, interviews, recaps, news, literally any type of coverage of any type of pop culture media. That means video games, comics, books, manga, anime, TV, <laughs> film. We do it all. 
And we do it all uh, with a focus of uplifting diverse and marginalized uh, journalists and creators in the space. Uh, so we have a lot of stuff. I personally have written four articles on Hitman 3 now. Um, so I, uh, I, I, I game, I'm a gaming journalist, but I tend to go really hard on the games that like i don't i don't review that many but when i do i'm like here are 10 essays on why this game is great (laughs) that's awesome that's excellent and i and i truly do love your work and what you set out to do and first off i like the biggest process i've always wanted to say this to you i love the name because you always get that like (laughs) that question in a conversation it's like like when you're talking about a character motivation you're like yeah but like but why though? Why the yeah. whole door maneuver? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's it's funny because we actually started as a podcast, and the podcast is still going. Uh, and that was the whole thing was I I actually have my master's in uh, sociology and anthropology of religion, which Ooh. and you know, how it intersected with pop culture. <laughs> so uh, I've kind of been asking why though. Like for my entire academic career, <laughs> and when I decided to ditch the PhD, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna make a podcast about pop culture." That's and awesome. three years later, here we are with a full running site and stuff. So it's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> and again, and like up, uplifting diverse voices. That's what you know we've been trying to do, especially the past year and a half. Um, even like as like you know, I, I've said it multiple times. Like I'm a Hispanic podcaster i don't know many of us out there mm-hmm. you know and so to, to see people try to sh- shine that spotlight on other uh, uh, on other diverse voices is awesome and it's needed because you get that other side of 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 the conversation that you never knew existed and it's mm-hmm. it's awesome when that happens so okay i'm so happy that you're here and especially <laughs> because we got a lot of hitman to talk about we're going to talk about our impressions your review of hitman 3 we're going to be talking about god of war's unannounced second project that's seemingly in the works we're going to talk about them ps5 faceplates because it's that type of week sony's new san diego <laughs> team working on an existing franchise and cd project red's sort of apology but before we get into any of that kyle we start the show off with a little segment called i like to call what you've been playing so kyle what you been playing? Uh, so on last week's show, I made it a point uh, that I was going to try the Borderlands 3 PS5 version. Um, so a couple days ago, I put in my disc, I downloaded the PS5 version, I followed the steps to bring my character over. Oh, there's steps? There, It's like you, you go on the PS4 version, right? Okay. Uh, you upload your save. Okay. Uh, for your character, I guess to the board of the the two K gearbox kind of sure. servers, whatever. I don't know how the the tech works. Um, <laughs> and then you go onto the PS five version and you okay. go to download save, and you should have your character there, right? It it should work. That doesn't That's sound like a smart to delivery to me. Okay, it's it really isn't. Um, <laughs> because every time I go to download my character, I get an error and it boots me to the homepage on my PlayStation 5. Jeez. So I have yet to run through all the new DLC, which is what I wanted to do. Um, I, I thought maybe I had to try a new character and have a character to overwrite when I download the save. That didn't work either. But I will say in that short little bit of time when I was playing as um, uh, Mose, the gunner, uh, mm-hmm. just for like that first couple missions... Um, it felt great. Uh, the The dual sense feels 
feels great. Uh, the mm-hmm. rumble's real nice. Uh, the haptic feedback. Um, no yeah, more, how is the haptic uh, feedback? Because everybody, we were like, what's some games you want us to try out? Everybody's yeah. like, Borderlands 3, Borderlands 3. I'm like, okay, where, yeah. did you, where did y'all come from? So how does it feel? Does it feel like... Yeah, it feels special. good. Um, I, I again, I wish I had all my like high powered weapons mm. and, and like to to try out the alternate fires and how they how those feel. Like all I had access to were was a pistol and a basic shotgun, and mm. um, triggers felt pretty nice. They, they didn't blow my my mind at all, okay. but they still felt pretty nice. The big thing for me though, and the big issue for the PS4 version of it was whenever you would pop into that menu, man, it would freeze and slow down everything. And Is that gone? Not a problem. It is gone. It's snappy. Oh, it doesn't, snappy. like, the resolution doesn't drop when you're in a menu and hop back out. Like, it's mm-hmm. it looks great. Um, but that's if it that. wasn't for Randy Pitchford just being just the sleaziest dude, I would feel more compelled to pick that up. I'm with you. But just, I get, I get uh, like, that. I see a picture of him, I just get skeezed. <laughs> <laughs> he just I has can't the believe aura. not last year, two years ago. Yeah, I was, I sat in the Borderlands uh, three premiere, and Randy Pitchford did a magic trick for everybody. What a hey, insane wait, thing! Was that the la- the launch party in Dallas? Uh, no, that was in uh, Boston. Oh, because um, uh, he did the same thing at oh, the Borderlands he? Three launch party in Dallas. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Is this your card, Dallas? I love it. <laughs> He's got one thing, and I guess that's what he does. He does I really when you, when you tell me he did a magic trick, I'm really thinking like he he's a magician. Like he he got on like the magician like like cape and like top hat, like bunny and everything. That's what I'm always thinking. Um, that's pretty close. Really? <laughs> I don't remember. Really, I know I, I dealt with cards. Yeah. Uh, for me, Kyle, I've been playing a little game called. Uh, what was it? <laughs> the last campfire. Sorry, COVID fuck's still yeah. there. Um, yeah, dude, I, I played it. You beat it in five hours. I'm bad at puzzlers, which is, that's what this game is. And I beat it in seven. And let me tell you something. A, a team of, of, of three or so made a, from Hello Games, made this beautiful, almost chibi, vibrant, uh, game about hope and about kind of not even the, the, the meaning of life, but, more like change and taking that next step. You're an ember, a yeah. little beautiful, little cute little creature, and you're trying to go on through the next process of your life. That could be death. It could be a new adventure. We don't know, and it's kind of mm-hmm. for you to interpret. And honestly, the puzzles are easy enough. Marcus O'Neill saw me struggle when we were streaming for Bobby. Um, but they're easy enough for even a, a little dummy like me to kind of get my, 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 uh, my hooks around it and to kind of, you know, uh, progress rather easily. And yeah, I really, that last hour of the game really hit and resonated yeah. with me. Cause I know, like, I don't want to get emotional seven minutes into a show, but like, we've had those conversations, you and I. About mm-hmm. feeling in that bad place, feeling kind of hopeless, yeah. feeling like this is, I can't take that next step and kind of mm-hmm. us being there for each other in that type of way. Um, real, real cute. 10 yeah. bucks. Go out there yep. and buy this game. Yeah. Like yeah. I, like I said, when I played it, uh, towards the end of 2020, yeah. like it hit everything, every single mental health struggle that I was going through. There was a puzzle or a character going through the same thing. Yeah. And by completing the puzzle, you get that person's spark and like, 
fire but passion back for them and like it dealt with like imposter syndrome anxiety depression like everything um that game's real special yeah uh, that sounds please, phenomenal if you're looking please go check it out yeah okay it is really it is a really nice like chill experience especially since you've been assassinating all types of po- folks yes <laughs> hey hey sometimes i just subdue them with the faberge egg <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait can't to hear wait. about that. Kate, <laughs> is there is there any game or just piece of media? I guess because you cover all the things that you'd like to give a little shout out before we get into the weeds of things. Hmm. Trying to think. So honestly, I have not been playing too much, but I will give a shout out to ESO because they had a huge sale, and I I, I owned the base game. But I didn't own any of the DLC from Morrowind up. And they had a sale where all of that, with the Greymore Collectors thing, was 16 bucks, And it got you all of the DLC. Um, and my husband is probably the number one Bethesda fan I have ever met in my life. And the Elder Scrolls is his fandom in the way that Agent 47 in Suits is mine, and it was, uh, and so we bought it to play together, and then the code for Hitman came in, I was like, mm, sorry, I'm gonna go replay all three. Uh, so I have ESO booted up, I'm, I really, when I, when I did play, I'm a tank, mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed tanking in that game, and I really enjoyed the veteran dungeon mechanic, so I'm really excited to jump back in and see what's changed since mm-hmm. I played, because it's been like, I think, uh, in our, our guild log says I last logged on like 42 months ago. So <laughs> that's we'll how I see always how feel. That that's how I always feel with, I'm going to say it, Kyle, I don't care. With World of Warcraft, it's like, it's been years, <laughs> but it's, it, and like, it's still going to feel familiar, but then at the same exact time, it's going to be like everything has changed. It's, oh, it's, yeah. And, and, like, we've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, that has been our MMO for, like, a while now. And so I'm like, oh, gosh. How do I go from tanking in Final Fantasy to tanking in ESO? These are very different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely <laughs> with you. And, I, and from what I hear, too, like, ESO has, and I know someone's going to come at me because it's the internet, but has some of the best, like, tanking mechanics. Like, people yeah, really seem I mean, to... Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Like, my main thing, really, when I did play, um, the tanky mechanics I loved, I mean, but what I really liked were the armor sets for tanks. So one mm-hmm. of this, this because I, ha- I ran two sets, but one of the sets I ran for our veteran dungeon, dungeon runs was a set that had, like, six health orbs, and each of those orbs would go out to a party member as they would go down in health. And it was a way to, like make up for the fact that ESO has no idea what it wants to be for players and you don't actually yeah. have to roll into the Holy Trinity and you can be a healer with a bow and really suck. Uh, so, like, <laughs> it it was really nice because I felt like I actually had stuff that catered to tanking. That's awesome. And it was really thought out. Um, but it's been forever since I've played, so I will get back to you on whether or not it's better than tanking in Final Fantasy. Alright, alright. I'll take you up on that offer. I'll take you up on that offer. And before we start squaring up the news, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons over at Patreon.com. Just like how we always say here, if we ever got you through a long car ride, a long day at work, this whole COVID situation, it really does mean a lot if you throw a buck our way over at Patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. But then as I was saying that, more importantly, go over and donate to Bobby Paul's. You know what? Patreon could wait one week. You go over to the link down below. 
donate to Bobby because he needs that way more than us this week. And I'd like to thank our platinum members, Todd Burowitz, and too soon. I want to thank our gold members, Chaotic Monkey, Gavin Goffrey, Griffin, Wes, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren. Our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Marcus O'Neill, Ray Martinez, JB, the Purple Monkey, Jadis Von Metal, Tim Ulf, and Justin Rodriguez. Thank you all for your support and letting us do what we do each and every week. Thank you so much. And a little bit of housekeeping as well. You might get another episode this week of The Trophy Room, depending on what Resident Evil does, because we're going to be streaming one more time for our reactions to the Resident Evil showcase. Be there, be square, or be scared, because that's actually what you really should be. That pun would have made more <laughs> sense if I said scared instead of squared. But with that said, Kyle, it's time to square up the news. Or square sure, up the news. first news story comes from Jordan Alleman over at IGN. God of War Studios' an unannounced second project is seemingly still in the works. Sony Santa Monica's unannounced second project looks like it's still in the works, according to a job listing for an art director position at the studio. A tweet from the official Sony Santa Monica account below notes that the studio is, quote, seeking an experienced art director for the development of a new unannounced title, end quote. There's not much else to go on in the job listing itself, beyond the fact that it's aiming to be a genre-defining game. Back in 2018, we learned via Reset Era that Sony Santa Monica had created a strategic, multi-phase, long-term studio plan spanning two future projects following God of War, according to LinkedIn posts from studio staff. Prior to 2018's God of War, the studio was working on a new sci-fi IP, which was unfortunately canceled. And when we saw tiny glimpses of it uh, in the God of War documentary, that kind of gave me some, like, Dishonored in space vibes. I really want them to go back to. You. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I don't know if it was this one, but wasn't that supposed to be like a Battlestar Galactica Battlestar kind of game? Galactica. I think I could really? be wrong, but I thought that's what the their um inspiration for that game was. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm like like a theme, like because I'm like you got. I don't think Galactica has like. The, the umph for like, you know, like a Star War. You know what I mean? Mm. So I thought like you were talking like a theme game. Um, Kyle, I got a question though for you. Cause we hear all the time, right? Studio A is doing this. Studio B is doing that. Rarely do you see them flat out say, Hey, we're trying to look for people for a new project. Um, and it's not God of War. Like <laughs> for them to just flat out say, yeah, we're, we got something cooking. It's in the works. I got two. It's, it's a two prong attack here. Two questions that roll into one. A. Is this something Corey's actually working on? Uh, cause that's the rumor, right? For the longest time is Corey's working on a space themed video game. And two, if Corey is working on this, or if he's not, is this, who would you rather see tackle a space theme? Cause we also get rumors mm. of Naughty Dog's next thing has to do with space. And Neil's been hinting at space for a while now via The Last of Us, but that yeah. could just be a character thing and we we're just all overthinking it. Yeah. So Kyle. There you go. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Oh, man. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Corey is working on this space, mm -hmm. uh, if it is a space game or the, the second IP. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I, I don't think he's fully in on that. I really do think he's all about God of War Ragnarok currently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not to say once that is done or he, the like the, the writing, the script is all written out and completed because right. it feels like he's playing with and toying with us on Twitter. 
<laughs> like he's saying he has rider's block and then yeah. not have rider's block. Like, I, Corey, what are you doing to me? I, I want to play your game real bad. Yeah. Um, also, put me in your game. There you go. Put Joe in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Make me a little dwarf. Uh, uh, but I, which do I want more? Yeah. From uh, Santa Monica Space or Naughty Dog? Yeah. <sighs> think about it. Think about it. Man, they both would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I would rather have Santa Monica do the space game. Fair. Not that I don't don't think Naughty Dog would absolutely kill it, because I think they would. I want Naughty Dog to do just a balls-to-the-wall action Mission Mission Impossible style kind of game. Right. With, like, crazy set pieces. So what, so, uh, so you're thinking, like, this game, this this space game that Santa Monica is dreaming of doing. That's if it is doing. this second project, is, is space. If it yeah. is. You're thinking it's more like Hub World, like God of War, like more open space? I think it's got to be more of, like, a Hub World. I don't know if it's okay. going to be, like, a... Like a destiny type of thing and hop between planets. I don't think it's going to be that big. Are we going to get some Apollo thirteen quotes? Apollo thirteen, the game. You're Tom. You're Tom Hanks. <laughs> sure. For Sean or gravity, you just float through space. For Sean Capri, it's it's Armageddon. It's Armageddon the game. Kate, what I, I were you going to say? W- I just want to go back to a Mission Impossible style game. I would 100% take a Mission Impossible game because Mission Impossible is the only franchise that actually gets better with every sequel that comes out. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Let me play Mission Impossible. I will stand for for Fast and the Furious, okay? I didn't mind that they outran (laughs) a submarine. (laughs) (laughs) On ice. (laughs) On ice. (laughs) It didn't... Didn't the rock like? Didn't he curl like, out of a cast? I yes. He, yeah. He yes. flexed. He flexed out of a cast. He carried a whole. I, can I cuss? Is this? Oh okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He carried a whole ass like mounted gun that was on a helicopter that no human should be able to carry as yep. well. Yep. <laughs> and I think in that same submarine sequence, doesn't he punch the torpedo or like yes. grab yes. it and throw it in another direction? <laughs> And also, I would like, like, if he, when he broke the cast, like, someone turned around and go, you could have done that this whole time. Like, I would <laughs> Oh, my God. What if it's, like, what if we just, it, it, this is extremely off topic, but what if somebody just makes, like, a DC online world, but instead oh of God. superhero characters, it's just Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Don't, everyone has their own car. punch the street. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> just punching asphalt, and that's what's happening. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Listen, Kate, I, I know I, I know when it comes to the, the PlayStation ecosystem, you're not all with it with us kids over here. But <laughs> what what are your thoughts of, of Santa Monica as a studio, if you have any relations to them? And what what sparks your mind when you hear something like them looking for new art direction, looking for writers, whether it's mm-hmm. the type of gamer or where on their journey with this game they're at? Well, so I, I mean, to be completely honest, I'm not on the PlayStation train just because, like, I have a PC and I have an Xbox, and that's more than enough for my time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't admire uh, a lot of the 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 games that come out exclusively for PlayStation. Um, we just tend to aim for the more co-op and multiplayer focused games, uh, which are you know on there just because I game with my husband. But I've I, I 
I've had immense love of watching people play through God of War and watching, like, and watch people play through these games. And mm-hmm. for me personally, I just want more space set games in general because yeah. I'm a huge Dead Space fan. So, like, <gasps> you can totally go, like, the Event Horizon route and just give me a claustrophobic haunted fa- spaceship but make it a different and I will love it. You can give me like planet hopping and I will love it. But I just like, I feel, and, and I'm also a huge Mass Effect fan. So like I, we don't have enough space right now mm-hmm. and humans are boring. Yes. Like yeah. hell, give us like hyper stylized, like, Ick, like alien creatures and that's what you play as and there's no humans involved and you're just yes. doing alien yes. stuff on alien yeah. things and just give me it i don't care if it's action adventure or sandbox mm-hmm. i just just give me more space games please and like it, true space games yeah. not mm-hmm. like this is near futuristic and it's all humans in a cult no i, I don't want humans <laughs> give me give me something either deep dark gritty yeah. trauma infested humans like dead space mm-hmm. or give me just completely off the wall even a step further like i want a space game where the main character isn't humanoid at all yes i want to play as an alien Please. You're Zeepzorp and you're Bob. That's what I immediately thought. <laughs> okay, you had you had me at Dead Space, then you, you had the me pump, again. Room Daily Double, right there. <laughs> you really <laughs> Kyle played Bloodborne. That's a triple right there. Um, but but seriously, I would love. Oh my god, a Santa Monica Dead Space game. It would be phenomenal, and also like their ability to to write the. So like, if Santa Monica did. Uh, did a Dead Space game. I feel because like one of the like powerful things about Dead Space that I don't think gets enough enough love is just the like the portrayal of mental health in that world, mm-hmm. the ability to switch through different viewpoints, how well the lore is done, and I think that that's something that's been proven with God of War, and I think that yeah. it can be adapted really well, and it would have enough nuance. Yeah, and I feel like when it comes to Santa Monica. And of course, obviously, they can't do Dead Space owned by EA. I know someone's yelling in their car about it. But like, um, <laughs> when, when it comes to like Santa Monica, they are pretty versatile in what type of games that they make or at, or or help produce. Like, yeah, oh, of yeah. course, you got Angry Kratos being all upset. But like, you also have like games like I believe Flower was made out of Santa Monica or at least incubated mm-hmm. there for for a few for a time, if I'm not I mistaken. Think that was- Publish wasn't that a um that game company game? It is that game company game, but they had a weird relationship with Santa yeah, Monica. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they were going steady at the time or what was happening there, but <laughs> yeah, like they have they ha- they have range to them, and especially what like this God of War has shown is that like yeah, and their writing is top notch. And like when I'm looking back at the PlayStation Four generation, God of War is the perfect game. You know, it is the 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 game that I resonate to the most as well. So for me, um, when I hear, you know, first when I hear that they're they're still looking for you know an art director or whatnot, you know, not everything's there yet. You know what I mean? So obviously this is a years out type of thing. This is far after when God of War comes out, um, but it does ring something kind of hopeful in me that PlayStation is really now taking their teams, growing them to make more projects, having more, yeah. you know, multi-teamed uh, 
studios or sorry, multi multi-layered teams in, in these studios. Um, that, that gives me a lot of hope. So you're going to see more out of Santa Monica. You may see more out of, uh, Naughty Dog, perhaps. My, my hope is, yeah, I would love, I would love a space thing and not so much a sim, but like something that is, I'm actually going to say like, yeah, give me Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Like you could give me a human <laughs> aspect of things for sure. Um, but like have it be a little bit more grounded. Like, yeah, something on a space station has gone wrong and you're there to investigate. You're there to kind of figure it out. Like horror is where I go to the most, especially when I'm yeah. thinking God of War because of how brutal it can be as well. Yeah. So yeah, that, I, that's why I'm very much like, I think if anybody has a space IP, it's definitely Santa Monica. And I think in terms of like Naughty Dog, they're off doing their own thing and it's really whatever Neil wants at this point. Yeah, I was like, I don't think anybody has really any input over there but him. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Jim Ryan's just like, uh, Neil, uh, what do you want to do, buddy? <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's there like chewing chewing gum on his smartphone. He's like, whatever. It's like, all right, we're doing whatever. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I, I do think for for Santa Monica, I think branching out would be a really a really awesome choice for them. Maybe it's an RPG. Maybe when I'm thinking my heart hearts, yeah. it's an RPG. I also you know what think I am thinking about, Kyle? Day... Oh. We... Oh, okay. okay, go for it. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think at the end of the day for me, and uh, I just want more new IPs overall. Yeah. Like, no, n- you know, no shade it got a war because that was a completely revamping of a franchise. Like, I completely understand that. But, like, I, I say this even, like, having loved Hitman 3, but, like, some things do need to end. And that that and, and and I feel like for me, I'm kind of sequeled out. Like I love these worlds, and like I will tell you right now, I am extremely excited for whatever EA is pulling with the new Mass Effect, and I am extremely excited for the Resident Evil Showcase. But I think that like there are there's so much new talent mm-hmm. in the games industry that has been able to enter it over the past like five years that it's opened up. That I think throwing people into projects that already have this long history and lore while it is rewarding in a sense, why not use the more diverse landscape and the more talent to break out and do more original IPs and make new franchises? Like, really come in strong with the the new generation of gaming with new IPs that are going to define it. I really like that. And actually, you know what? That leans into... The next story. So I, I actually want to hold on to that comment. I'm, I'm going to put it in my pocket for a sec. Kyle, could you actually let, let's skip on over to the San Diego team story? Because I think that point lends itself well to sure. the story right here. Real quick, something I did want to just pop in there at the top of my head. Yeah, uh, I want Santa Monica's version of Horizon from Gorilla. I want them to go branch out and, and, and try something new. That's what I want from them. Do something weird, do something crazy, I dig it. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Matt Perslow over at IGN writes, Sony's new San Diego team is working on existing franchises. PlayStation's new San Diego-based studio is working to, quote, expand upon existing franchises, end quote, according to the LinkedIn profile of the studio's former head. Uh, Michael Mumbauer worked at PlayStation as studio head until November 2020. In the segment of his profile detailing his work with the new San Diego Diego team, Mumbauer writes, quote, 
His latest achievement is having built a brand new all-star AAA action-adventure development team for PlayStation. Based in San Diego and utilizing proprietary engine technology, this team was assembled to expand upon existing franchises and craft all new stories for the next generation of gamers, end quote. As for this new development team, it should not be confused with Sony... With San, Oh my God! Back up, Kyle. You got it. You got it. Uh, it should not be confused with San Diego Studio, Sony's first-party development house that has spent much of its lifetime dedicated to creating installments of MLB The Show. Instead, mm-hmm. this new San Diego-based studio is a new assembly that has yet to be officially announced. And don't worry about the notes, Kyle. I'm going to do something crazy, but it's just for time purposes. You got um, it. That leads to to uh, to a great point from Kate. Kate is sequeled out, and I. And I see that point because, you know, yeah, when we're thinking about the yearly releases, we're on Call of Duty, Cold War, Black Ops, whatever the name is, right? Like, it's the 28th Call of Duty, right? How many Assassin's Creed there are, and now we're just like, don't even give me modern day, just give me these stories. Like, how many yearly releases they are, and every game having to be a franchise. Like, okay, I can see that, like, you're already turned off by this idea. You're like, I kind of want none of it. Right? Yeah, and and it's not to say that like I mean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is very different than than the original Assassin's Creed mainline yeah. stories, and then and so was Odyssey, and to an effect, so was Origins, and and for me personally, there comes a point where if you keep revamping your franchise, it loses some of the things that made that franchise what that was, and at that point just make new games like just make a new ip on that thing because like and my my and i'm a assassin's creed fan but my husband is an is, is even more than me and he, he pointed it out a lot to me it's just kind of like being a viking cool be like not having the hidden blade in odyssey i guess that's fine but like as as franchises grow they do have to change to adapt which sometimes means changing the game mechanics as well i mean it's why i absolutely detest the 2013 tomb raider because tomb raider is a franchise that is very near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. there were literally seven tombs in that entire game Mm -hmm. seven (laughs) and like no platforming and it was all just and so for me i would rather like, keep games... Man, man, I'm gonna sound like an asshole. No, like, go for it. Keep, keep the heart and keep the structure of games that you have and take the new ideas that you want to do and make something new with them. Like, and for it, me, Immortals yeah. coming out completely blasted the doors yeah. off of the Ubisoft catalog because it's nothing like anything else that they had. It, it looked like nothing else they had. Exactly. And it's and that so was a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. when, like, we're essentially giving, getting division copies for, like, every other game that comes yeah. out. And I love Ubisoft with all my heart, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get you there. And, 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 I, and I feel that in my veins as well because, like, every time you see a game... It comes out, you're like, okay, there's, there's no definitive ending to this. It has to, mm-hmm. we're going to be on game seven or eight because games are just that expensive to make that once you establish a game, you need to establish a franchise along with it. And I think we're also as gamers, we're just so, we're, we're so used to sequels at this point. Like I love Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a perfect game to me. Mm-hmm. I already want a Bloodborne too. I shouldn't. 
theoretically. <laughs> that game's perfect, don't mess with perfection. But I'm like, man, but what if they put two Father Gascoines in a boss fight? Like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking of that because I, I, you get acquainted to these worlds. You, you, you spent, you, dev- you put so much time into them. You, yeah. you, you, you love that universe. And, and I'm right there with you too. Cause like, you know, when it comes to like your husband, for example, is, is a, is an Assassin's Creed fan. He's just like, wait a second here. This doesn't smell or look like Assassin's Creed anymore. <laughs> um, I have, I, I know people that will not touch the new Assassin's Creed games because yeah. the, Assassin's Creed are self genre. Now they're this action adventure open world and it's a totally different game. Totally yep. different. It's oh, like, yeah. Valhalla is nothing like, and, and I get it. Sequels are supposed to branch out, but like, this is nothing. Yeah. Like what what the predecessors were like, and not to say that those games aren't great because Valhalla is fantastic, but oh yeah, and Odyssey's fantastic. Cassandra, a lover, so like you know, it's not that those they don't have compelling characters, they don't have compelling worlds. It's just they've moved so so beyond their original concept that they they feel different and they have a tendency of alienating their their older fans. Yeah, so I'm 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 totally with you when I read this story of just like. I don't need any more Uncharted. I am Uncharted. The world does not need any more Uncharted. We got, we got, we got five. We're good, right? Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, I know what Kyle's about to say. I want to see more Chloe Nadine fighting, being, being bros, and I totally yeah. understand that as well. So, like to me, I take a look at this. I'm like, why can't San Diego Studio? Why won't San Diego Studio make a, make a new IP? And it leans over to the question for you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Is the reason why they're working on an existing franchise, is the reason because Insomniac's been dangling it, this carrot in front Don't. of you, for Stop months? It. <laughs> is it because Di- San-, San Diego, German word, um, is, is it because th- they're maybe revitalizing some old franchises like a resistance perhaps oh man <laughs> um god how dare you i'm uh, a good host this is what i do gangs. <laughs> i i it's something up to something they know what they're doing with their mm-hmm. tweeting out resistance images and just teasing me for months now how dare you <laughs> um so like i'm i'm totally with kate on this whole thing where I'm totally fine with with studios being like, this ran its course, we had a story to tell, the story's done, let's not force it. Mm Because then when we get to force it just to make another entry, it degrades not just that game, but the whole IP is now taken down a few few levels, Mm because you gotta take the whole story over everything. And if one thing is bad, it brings everything down. Um, I mean, like, I, I... said for my game of the year last year which was the last of us part two that was the sequel we had did not need mm-hmm. whatsoever like i was totally fine with the first one but we got it and it you know i'm happy with it but yeah i'm fine with it. it made it to me it made the story of one better but like i totally understand all sides the rude abby's arms are tripping. <laughs> <laughs> uh but like when i read it when i read this story and and to me, this literally says AAA action adventure development team. Yeah. Just say this is now the Uncharted team. Yeah, because that's everybody what everybody knows. It, yeah. Like you, you say, Resistance. Resistance is a first-person shooter. It's not an action adventure game. I just yeah. try. I'm just like, trying to give you. Hope. <laughs> I know. I know. You know me, I know. Pal. I want to give you hope so I can <laughs> crush it in front of you. <laughs> it's also funny too, because like, so I because I am such like l- like the first game I ever beat by myself. My first my my first game as a baby gamer 
was Tomb Raider. That was it mm. on the original PlayStation. The first games that I ever personally owned were Tomb Raider 1 and 2. And so, like, I played through all of the reboots. And so I do believe that a sequel this far out in, or rebooting a franchise can be good because Shadow of the Tomb Raider, holy crap, man. Like, that gave me everything I wanted. It gave me intense Lara. It gave me no bullshit Lara. It gave me puzzles and platforming and everything that I remembered. But it did this thing where it's like, okay, me as a returning fan was finally satisfied. But then I knew people who had loved the reboot and came into Tomb Raider with the reboot and were like, Ugh, why is all this stuff in here? And I'm like, what are you even talking about? This is literally what the series is. And yeah. so, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, you have to know, like, what are you going to do, right? Like, it, are you going to keep playing to the people who have invested in the genre and expect something out of it? And then, okay, well, maybe that doesn't work that well. So you switch and you, you know, and, and you make it something different or you go the other way. Like, you're always going to be alienating an audience. Right. With a new IP, you only stand to gain. Yeah. And that is something that is – because you're not, you're not in the shadow of other things. And, like, it's something that, like, also bothers me when we, when we have franchises coming up. And this is outside of just gaming, too. Yeah. But, like, when we have franchises that, you know, maybe pass a mantle or something, and especially when it's to a character who, who comes from a marginalized background, is they then live with the burden and the weight of everything that came before it. Mm -hmm. And if there is one thing wrong, all mm -hmm. of it comes crashing down. Yeah. And that's just not fair. That's not fair mm -hmm. to a dev team. That's not fair to the character. And if you just, you know, maybe just make that new game. You know, yeah. trust a new IP. To and you know do what? Something. You you hit something like talk about other things outside gaming. Like Chris Evans, um, the ultimate man crush for me, man. Oh my god, he's handsome. Um, he's reported go coming back to the MCU in some form way. Hopefully, ripping along and just just making well, just he can rip all sort of like a, a plane <laughs> in half, and I'm on board with that. For a second, I was like ripping logs. What are yeah, you talking about? He and then rips, it, then he it rips flashback. The, he no, rips yeah, the log yeah. in Civil War. It's perfect. Yep. yep. No, no, no. That's Iconic. that's Age of Ultron. Oh, I remember Age of that Ultron. Moment. That's right. My heart skipped a beat there. Uh, Civil War is he's he's holding the helicopter, and it's yeah. Really, there we go. Real cool. Mm -hmm. Um. So like, he's come back, and everybody's like, I kind of like just the way he ended. Like, yeah, you know, I. Yeah, I like how he turned into Joe Biden at the end. Like, people really dig that. <laughs> and I do like how they carry the mantle of Captain America or what we assume with, like, you know, uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. Like, that is something that's like, yeah, that burden of, of this shield representing more than just a shield. Like, you know, yeah. uh, re representing this, this ideal. Um, yeah. and yeah, I like, I'm, I'm totally there with you. I, I think like a, yeah. a new IP is, Kind of, kind of gets me more pumped. I would like to know where everybody else falls in line on this. But Griffin West, and this one goes straight for you, Kyle. Then it's off to the next story. But Griffin West writes in, Would you like to see one of Sony's biggest studios go all out on a PSVR game? Or should their talent be centered on a standard cinematic 2D games for everyone? For example, how would you feel if Naughty Dog's next big game was a launch title for PSVR 2? I don't I don't like it. <laughs> it, yeah. it feels it feels bad yeah. in my ears hearing that. Uh not not to say like if down the road if they wanna, you know, dip their toes into a PSVR game, 
fine. Sure. But just to make it just on a peripheral that not a whole lot of people are going to probably get. um, And I just, I feel like that would be a bad move for them. And and that's why when I'm thinking VR, I'm thinking of Valve, because they'll throw money at anything. And listen, we're big PSVR advocates. We we love a good VR. But I think where Sony believes that space is and where I think their investments lie in is in the indie side of things. You know, give it to the smaller developers, smaller investments, smaller risks, possibly higher rewards. You know, I'm thinking of like a PSVR 2. It's like make a headset that's capable to run Half-Life because Valve would probably probably be down on, on putting putting that game on that headset I mean, if it means they have, VR lives. They have Alex. Yeah, Alex. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. They have yeah. London Studios, uh, Sony, so they could, with Blood and Truth, which I've heard yeah. is amazing, still haven't played it. It is so good. Like, Ash, uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission is a game changer, I think, in mm-hmm. VR. And, like, but I, I'm, I, so they do have teams that can put out, like, a high quality triple-a experience mm-hmm. uh, uh on vr but i'm i'm with you i want the i want the mosses of the vr yeah. world I, I want like the ghost giant i i want uh, or like goofy fun like job simulator like that's yeah. what i want for out of vr <laughs> okay. Okay. i feel like uh that scene in mean girls just stop trying oh, no. to make vr happen oh <laughs> vr so, fetch like, <laughs> VR is fetch in that situation, and and I say this with actual data. When they actually pull gamers, people aren't don't want to give up their controllers. Yeah. VR yeah. also puts you into a space where, um, I mean, if you think about it, it's also one of the reasons why motion stuff fail or you know got phased out, like uh, size. Right, mm-hmm. like where you need a certain space and area to be able to play this thing most sure. of the time. If you don't have that, it's axed out for you. Um, availability, you don't have the price point, it's axed out for you. Um, limited games on it, it's axed out to you. And so, like when they've actually pulled uh, gamers, like they don't see VR as something that they want or is accessible. Yeah. Um, which is why, like, when people gave Xbox a whole bunch of shit for saying, oh, well, like, Sony's not our competition, or, like, they're yeah. not thinking about it that way. Like, it got taken as, like, them stoking the flames of the console war, but they were, that's not what they were saying. They were saying, like, the future of gaming is cloud gaming. Yes. It's not all this other stuff. Yeah. And so, like, for me, and I say this, like, with close ties to a VR thing, like, is cool, but it's just. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, it's no, a I bad investment. Yeah, yeah you, you say also, that. Also, how dare you, like, but I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you say that, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, I I haven't hooked up my PSVR in probably a year. Uh, and, I, and, and everybody that, like, I talk to is like, oh, yeah, when PSVR 2 comes out, I'll hook that thing back up. And it's, it, 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 I don't want to say it's like the Vita. Because they're really giving this a chance, but I I think you are are right there, Kate. Where like a lot of people gave Phil Spencer shit. It's it's funny because you see either you give Phil Spencer a lot of shit or you praise him like he's a god, which is like both of them. It's like weird. <laughs> like you'll, like you'll put him like you'll put him on like Rambo's body. It's weird. Anybody doing those photoshops, it's odd. But like for 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 me, I, I think you're right there. I'm right there with you. If uh. Of like what Phil Spencer was saying is like he believes that the future is cloud, uh, and 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 I wouldn't say necessarily Sony says that the future is VR, but Sony thinks that there's a future in VR, and that's why they're, yes. doing, they're there's those diverging paths. It's not to say that exactly. boo PSVR. It's just like yeah, no, their investment. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it to go into VR the way that yeah. Sony's going into it. 
Yeah, Um, because the easiest way you can break it apart is cloud or hardware. And Sony's like main Sony staple that has like literally kept Sony through through their bankruptcies and other parts of their company has been the hardware that it can produce and sell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Versus like Microsoft is literally one of the progenitors of cloud access with the Azure framework. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is something where, like, when you look at the two things, which is also, why I think, just uh, console wars are silly. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they just do different things. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay. It's just a okay. <laughs> yeah. With that, because we're we're running a little bit long in the tooth, but I do want to get to the CD Project Red story. Okay. Uh, so let's let's talk about it real fast, because um, sure. I like Famous's question a lot. Uh, this comes from uh, Jordan Gerblick over at Games Radar. CD Projekt releases apology video explaining Cyberpunk 2077's controversial launch. CD Projekt Red has released a video with co-founder Marcin Iwinski owning up to Cyberpunk 2077's rocky launch on consoles, particularly. Oh my God, particularly. There we go. PS4 and Xbox One. The video offers CD Projekt perspective in the days leading up to Cyberpunk 2077's December 10th launch, explaining the chief reason for the game's notoriously choppy performance on last-gen consoles. Quote, Cyberpunk 2077 is huge in scope, and I'm not only talking about quests or things you see at first, first glance. I'm talking about the multitude of custom objects, interacting systems, and mechanics. In the game, everything is not stretched out over flat terrain where we can make things less taxing hardware-wise, but condensed in one big city and in a relatively loading-free environment, Iwinski explains. On its own, this is a challenge, but we made it even more difficult for ourselves by wanting to make the game look epic on PCs and then adjusting it to consoles, especially old gens. That was our core assumption, end quote. The main culprit, Iwinski says, was the process of optimizing the in-game streaming system for last-gen consoles. Quote, since the city is so packed and the bandwidth of last-gen hardware is what it is, it constantly challenged us. Every change and improvement needed to be tested, and as it turned out, our testing did not show a big part of the issues you are experiencing while playing the game. As we got closer to the final release, we saw significant improvements each and every day, and we really believed we would deliver in the final day zero update, end quote. Mm. The COVID-19 pandemic also posed issues for CD Projekt as they scrambled to improve console performance after launch. Quote, Mm. this all happened while working from home with all the challenges resulting from the COVID-related restrictions. A lot of the dynamics we normally take for granted got lost over video calls or email, and we took that hit too, end quote. Now, they also released a roadmap to when they think they're going to be able to get all these things out to you. So, uh, first things first, they, they, they marked the three patches that they sent to players. Uh, and then they talked about patch, uh, patch 1.1 and then 1.2. That's supposed to be out sometime around February. And then they talk about free DLC that'll be somewhere mid year. And then somewhere in 2022, or sorry, near 2022, we're thinking it looks like maybe like September, October, we get the true next gen version of these games. Yeah, I know. It sounds so painful. It sounds. I hate it all so much. <laughs> it's so... Oh, yep. God. Famous the worst Jameses. part of yes. it... The worst part of this it. is when you were reading that is, like, we didn't take into account last gen. Yeah, come gen. on. Come this on. This was literally supposed to come out on last gen only, mm-hmm. y'all. Like, how to... Like, like what? 
Yes. When this idea started, PS5 and Series X weren't even a thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't so even like, know what they were going to be. This game was announced like, in 2012. Yeah. It, uh, the president was black then. <laughs> we all loved him. He came out with a 59% approval rating. And look, like, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Like, it's so a, frustrating. It's a very frustrating thing to talk about. That's why I debated putting this this story in here. Because I, at one point, it's like, yeah, I feel like it, 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 we should have a conversation about it because it, be, because of how ridiculous it sounds. And also, at the same exact time, I'm like, we're going on a month talking about a cyberpunk. And so, Famous Seamus writes in, do you think CDPR's video was a good step in the right direction, aside from blaming the QA team, even if the uh, new Bloomberg article and the other co-founders' response to it? I don't think this was necessarily the smartest no. move. <laughs> no! No! Like, who, who, like, I feel sorry for the PR team that works with them because, yeah. like, like it, it's all just, to me, it just skirts around any issue. Yes. Like, it just, it tries to dance around it. Like, they make... The, and then and then the the scapegoats that they use are things that they can't even call it that because like you should have been building this for current gen at the time anyway because your first release date there wasn't even next gen consoles out yeah like you can't use that as a scapegoat and and you're right they're skating around it because it's kind of like hey we're sorry you feel bad type of response because they have so many lawsuits there's just a new one out today yeah. around this title and about the, well, the, the bullshit that they, they, that has been spun around it and like Kyle I you heard Kate's frustration you you hear yeah. mine where I'm, are you at here I'm right there with you. This is such <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. I hate yeah. it. It's uh, the thing that I hated most about watching this video was um let me get his first name correctly. Marson uh mm-hmm. Iwinski. Uh he he's like, "Yeah, listen. Uh a part of the board, we decided to put it out anyway. Yeah. Just for our bottom line. And yeah. for me, that's just like don't like you said, Joe, this is a bad move. You're basically just telling me all you care about is the bottom line. You don't care about the product. You just want it out there. You want money in your pockets to appease the investors and whatnot. I that is, I don't relate to that. I want a game to play. And here's that the works thing: like are the things that I have for for you know for some Series X people out there, right? So right, yes. Uh, for for those folks out there, like I, our buddy Kev. Loves it. I know a lot of people that that love it. Ains loves it. Because it's pretty much a computer in a console. That's all. That's why. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, like you know, there there are people out there enjoying it, and this doesn't mean like I'm going after your enjoyment, but I am speaking to the problems that be because before the cyber or or CD was just like, oh, we're the transparent company, and this video just was just like, man, you you put out any CEO of any company, and it reads. Exactly the same. This was, yeah. you know, they were supposed to be the feel the burn company. And I'm not, and I'm feeling an EA vibe from them. And well, yeah, go for it, Kate. No, I was gonna say the worst part is, is like none of this even addresses the worst thing to me, which was how they manipulated the review process yes. to benefit them. Yeah, because they're like, we, we had no idea. It's like, well, how did you not have an idea? Yeah, he- well, no, it, but it's not even so. Like, they went hundred percent new, new. Because they only gave out PC codes yeah. 
for embargo. They only trusted certain outlets before embargo. And then console people got codes literally like a couple of hours before launch. So there was no time to actually get up any reviews on it. So it kept stuff in their pocket. Like that was complete manipulation of media and review process, which shows that they willfully did this. And they knew that they only had like it. It just makes me so mad because there are like, yes, like all the other stuff is still bad. But like, can we please just talk about the issue with gaming companies just manipulating reviews to fit them yep. mm-hmm. like that? Like nobody should be able to do that. And yet here we are. And and, yeah. and I think that it's the most egregious form of it. It's the most mm-hmm. egregious. Like I've never seen a company outright like you're totally right. Like give people the PC code and then the day before the game comes out, you give them the console broken versions of these games. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah, I in like the other thing is like how can I take your word again for this roadmap that's pretty vague um and at the same exact time it's like well how many times did you say this game was coming out this year? Yeah. Like how can I how can I take how can I take your word for it? You just you yeah. just can't. And that's that's the thing that hurts. So do I think this video was the right thing to do? Famous? No. Absolutely not. I think what they should have done uh, and Kyle, I think you'll agree with me here, is take the Hello Games approach of, all right, time to put our he- head in the sand. We've yeah. already been embarrassed enough. Or not head in the sand. Head down and, and, and let's get to work on making this thing good. Because yeah. anything we're going to say is going to be met with pessim- uh, pessimism and, and outrage. You know, like that's that's what it's going to be. Part, yeah. of, part of it was like, I feel like part of that idea did go through their minds like all right let's just get it done mm-hmm, and not mm-hmm, put mm-hmm. out another yellow background with text on it and then someone's <laughs> like but you know what we have to say something so instead of the yellow image let's just make a video let's, yeah. let's try to talk about it no bad you know what they could have done they <laughs> could have just released this as a pc only yes and then like that, that like they could have just done that yeah and like we're working on the console ports they could have right and that when would like have half of your so half, much grief. Yeah, and like half of your pre-orders were PC anyway, so it's like but they really wanted to see that big that big, you know, mm-hmm. th- they really wanted to see that uh um you know, the graph go all the way up. You know, they they wanted all mm-hmm. all signs going up. That's kind of what what I see by that. So no, I don't I don't think this is the the best plan. But Kyle, I, I I let's get to the to the next story here. Cuz mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's going to give us back to hope. It's going to give us optimism. It's going to be things to look forward to, things to get hyped for, and why Kate's here in the first place. Absolutely. Let's get into the Hitman Review Roundup. Uh, let's go to over to IGN, who gave the game a 90, a rich, rewarding, and highly replayable. Hitman 3 is a superb installment of IO's idiosyncratic but much-loved stealth series. The fundamentals haven't changed since 2016, but its collection of outstanding maps makes for a refined, reliable, and robust curtain closer to the current current Hitman trilogy. Over at Digital Trends, they gave it an 80. Hitman 3 is a great swan song to a fun trilogy of games held up by its intricate locations and humorous gameplay. Hopefully future updates bring some important additions that extend its replay value and turn it into the ultimate stealth game it is within splitting distance of being. Over at Game Informer, it gives it a 90. Hitman 3 concludes a chapter in the greater Hitman story, but it doesn't feel like an ending. There's an abundance of content and side activities on offer, and the trilogy as a whole is bound to be a long-term destination for would-be assassins. 
IO Interactive's final act in the trilogy anticipates and rewards player experimentation, features meticulous level design, and has moments of ghoulish catharsis that makes me cackle aloud. My enthusiasm for it all is as indelible as the barcode tattooed on the back of Agent 47's head. And over at Dual Shockers, they gave Hitman 3 an 80. New levels, new targets, new graphical improvements, same Hitman taste. Hitman 3 won't be everyone's cup of tea, but the the niche should be extremely satisfied. So Kyle, you've never played a Hitman ever in your life, right? Nope, but I bought it today. I'm very oh, excited. There it is. Look at that. PS5. I'm very excited. I I've I've never played a Hitman before. This is my first. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is my first foyer into Hitman as a series. My, I've I put two hours on stream. I put an extra hour off stream. I am in love with this game. I'm already like, why why haven't I gotten into this game? Yeah, like much like Kate when she was talking about how she she enjoys watching people play God of War and, yeah. and like the, the Sony stuff. That's me with Hitman. I love watching people do let's plays of Hitman because it just looks like a ton of fun, but I never played it. So I'm, I'm Kyle, very excited I launched a guy who like he, he was in a jet and it was just like make it look like an accident. And I made it look like and it was the funniest thing I've done in a long time in a game. It was fantastic. Like it's it's awesome. It, it's it is. Oh my god! It is when when people say a sandbox for an assassin game. I don't under. I never understood that until actually getting my hands into it. But someone who can uh, to could help us out here on describing this game, talking about their feelings, their emotions, their hype for this game. Kate, we brought you on because you wanted to talk about Hitman. You, yeah. you needed to get this game off your chest because you got thoughts, you got opinions. So I'm going to let you have the floor. You, you got you got Lightly. a good five minutes. Go for it. I am actually really thrilled to hear that this is your first time playing a Hitman game. Because what I think that Hitman 3 does beautifully mm -hmm. is it lowers down the barriers that stealth games usually put up for people. Because, like, I suck at stealth games. Same. I run and gun. Like, that's what I do. Yep. I don't know how to be stealthy. I don't know how to be sneaky. And one of the beautiful things that Hitman 3 accomplishes, and, and, and really the 2016 up, is allowing the game to become what the player wants it to become because you can play into the overt level of absurdity. You can play into only killing your targets or you can play to complete, like there is uh, the very last map. I literally left nobody alive. Like I just Ooh. berserked through the whole thing. It's so fun. Like the, and it all caters to what you do. Yeah. And there's this, there's this beauty to it in that, the enormous challenge system that it offers per location allows you to gain, how do I say it? To gain a common, like commendations for how you play. Yep. Because there are some things that happen in games where when you play them, they kind of dumb down isn't the right word, but like sometimes when they, when, you know, they, they become less complicated. They, they feel like and sometimes then, they're also punishing you. It, exactly. Well. well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, like, you have you have games that punish you for not doing something a particular way, or you have games that take away the challenge of doing something a hard way. And what mm -hmm. Hitman Three does is it allows you to play your way in the purest of forms, in that you're rewarded no matter how you play. If you want to go that super stealthy hard route, 
turn that thing on hard mode, get into your stealth, and you will get challenge. You will get you will complete challenges for it. You just want to throw Faberge eggs and bananas at people. <laughs> you will also get rewards for it. Like mm-hmm. that is just the beauty of it. And yeah. one of the things that I think, like, because I, I I I didn't as much as I love it. I, I gave it an eight, an eight point five out of ten. That's and that's just because there there were some graphical issues in it and like i have some issues with like how all the detail went into the clothing of the men and then like you get to some levels and like the women are in like trash bags uh they're not in literal trash bags but they look like trash bags because there's no depth to them compared to like uh 47's like amazing suit Um, and like in like like, his air suit like when he jumps out like you see like it ripples yes it's so good um, but like that that's the beauty of the game. Like it's a game, it's a stealth game for people who love hard core stealth games and it's a stealth game for people who are intimidated by that game type. Yes. And I think that that is something that like I think it does it a disservice to call it a niche game because of how open and it, it how open and accessible it is to players regardless of what type of play style you have. And I think that that's something beautiful that we don't get all the time. And just like the the location design is gorgeous. I was about to say the level design in this is so in depth. I've never seen a level design like this in a video game before. Usually, usually I'm like from software, the honeycomb esque ways yeah. that like you're in, you're in one area. Then all of a sudden you find that shortcut. This one's very much like it is a, it is a chocolate layer cake of a thousand layers. Like there is oh, yes. like, like the, the one mission I did in Dubai, I was in the world's tallest tower. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just like, there's seven layers to do. There's seven different places to, to explore and it still doesn't make it like oh i'm just in an office building because it's dubai and all the 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 buildings are extravagant so like there's all these different like you know like glowing crystals in one room then you're in a security room that you snuck into the next like every locale looks and feels a little different still there and like what you said too is like even like i'm i'm the worst stealth player in the world i'll 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 be like oh shit well I gotta use the AK. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of like the Shaun of the Dead meme, or, or, or um, where where he's just pumping the shotgun, going shame. <laughs> like this is this is it. Um, like there are times where you have to press the oh shit button, and you're not necessarily punished for it, which is great. Like yeah, the, like I had to assassinate a guy. I was throwing knives at targets. I had to make it look like a mistake and hit him. I hit him and I hit the guard, and then someone else came in. I was like, ooh. Bo- I'm sorry, you came in at the wrong time, and I had to, you know, rope a dope him as well. But like, I did, I wasn't punished for it. It was just like, yeah. all right, so you did a thing. <laughs> You're an assassin. I, You're not a really good guy. <laughs> and I think like one of the other cool things is the amount. Like, I I, I definitely recommend anybody playing is to not rely on odd auto saves and like save every time you accomplish a task. Yes. But like one of the things that I did, um, and I won't I won't spoil it for anybody because it's my favorite part of the game in Dartmoor, Dartmoor, which is the second level of the game where you go to a mansion and an estate. There's an entire murder mystery per- portion, and I could not find a crowbar 
to open up two of the rooms. So I was just like, I'm just going to kill my target because I'm over this. <laughs> and then when I was running away trying to find my way out, I found a crowbar. I was like, well, time to burn the last 15 <laughs> minutes of my life and reboot to before I killed her. And now I'm going to finish. <laughs> and like that type of jump in, jump out, replay, play at your place is something that is so well done in this yeah. game that it never feels too much or too little. Like it that it just it, it feels rewarding. And like I got really stuck a couple of times. Yeah. And I it, it it truly is a game that if you walk away from it for 30 minutes, think about what you did and come back to it, you're going to come back to it with a new lens. Kind of it, it is really like when people I've heard the analogy of like this game's like a puzzle game really more than anything. Yeah. You you're solving 100%. You're, you're trying to solve the puzzle and the cool thing is like they're giving you different ways of solving the puzzle. So like the the one thing that makes it the replayability there is there'll be like one time of just like okay just sneak and assassinate the guy and they're like okay you know now you could do it in a way where hey do it as you're like you're dressed up as a cop or do it as where you're just or sneaking in as part of part of the help you know what I mean like yeah. or or you're the bartender and you're poisoning the drink like or make it look like a, a freak accident which are always the funniest ones like there's always these interesting ways of oh, I did it this way. And you see the way you could have done it differently. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Be right back one second. And you're playing the level, the same level, but differently. And it feels like a different experience. Like you're almost playing like a different level. It's, it's absolutely unique. The the things that they're able to do here. Um, And other than like, yeah, I could see like some of the, like some of the the female, uh, like your, your, your handler, like it looks like she's wearing cardboard. (laughs) She's so bad. Yeah. (laughs) But is there anything else that you, cause, cause we're pretty glowing on this game. Is there, is there something else that you weren't necessarily a fan of? Cause you are a big fan of the series. You think. Uh, uh, 47 is a very, very handsome man. And I kind of agree, but he has a creepy voice. (laughs) Creepy voice. (laughs) I love that voice. Really? That voice in the suit? Mm hmm. Because, like, (laughs) when I see him in the suit, I'm like, okay, this is like, he's he's an attractive man. I get it, right? But then, like, he, he, like, like he's fit and everything and then all of a sudden like hello i'm my name is agent 47 i'm like whoa (laughs) (laughs) what is that voice does match that body but what is 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 there anything else that you weren't you know you get it given 8.5 which is a great score is there something else that you that kind of rubs you the wrong way well it was just that and then it really just like the the ui of the main menu it get there's a lot going on in the menu selection phases of everything i actually i well it was on me it was more user error but like instead of going to the load game i hit the story missions and ended up going into there and i played through um death in the family again after i had been it after i finished it but i played with it uh through the story missions which is a whole different set of criteria so like um, I had to, I had two other targets that I was supposed to eliminate. I had, uh, I couldn't change my disguise at all. So it was super stealth focused and I spent so much time in it and it was like, oh, I didn't need to do that. Yeah. And it, so like really just like the, the design of, of the, the main menu and kind of navigating that was one of my issues. But overall, I thought it was really stellar. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like as much as I'm a fan of the Hitman series, up until three, I had never completed a full Hitman game. Ooh, like I had just played levels through. I had just played levels of different ones since it had started. 
Um, and so I had never really, I've watched a lot of it, but I, I had never really, you know, gone in it and beat it, you know, played it to completion and then yeah. some. And now when I beat this one, one of the things that it does that is also really well is it gets you up to speed to where you are in the story so that yeah. you don't feel like that was you my question. played the other two. Yeah. Like, I, having this be my first one and do I have to go back to one and two and, and catch up on the play those to figure out where we are because we're at the end of what are they calling this the end of the, the assassination world trilogy? of assassinations yeah. so like do do you need to go and play one and two uh no. to understand the story and is the story even like a story that's gripping or is it just like an action stealth kind of story i thought it was i thought it was gripping sweet so like so the the opening piece before you go to your first mission, it's literally called the story so far, and they kind oh, of great. recap what happened and where you are now and where what your plan is going forward. Perfect. Um, there there are some really interesting things that get done with forty seven that really humanize him and make him more emotional and shows that he does have connections to other people, specifically Diana. Um, so that is, re- that's a really good story in that far. And, and ultimately, I do think that this feels, it, it feels like an end to what Agent 47 was before. Mm. And so they can do more Hitman things going forward. But Agent 47 has made his choice grown and is now a different person. That's cool. Um, and I like that. The other thing that's also like really well done from a storytelling perspective and really a narrative design, perspe- narrative design perspective is each of the um, each of the locations really feels like a movie in and of itself and like yes. different types. Like awesome. uh, when you get to Chongqing, that is like a science fiction, like cyberpunk like feeling. Um, and like what you have to do there and what you're interacting, I don't want to give any spoilers, what you're interacting with really embraces like the sci-fi elements. Mm. And then, um, obviously Dartmoor is a murder mystery. Dubai might as well be like a heist. Um, and then, um, the, you have L, there's like one level that I can't wait to have other people play, which is pretty much just Snowpiercer where you're going from one end of a train to the other. I just started the show, by the way. (laughs) Yo, yeah. Dude, David Diggs is in it, and I'm already in. I'm just w- always waiting for him to break out in a fucking song. I'm like, you're Lafayette, but you're like your dirty version of Lafayette. But I love you. Let's go, David. Sorry, sorry. You got me triggered with Snowpiercer. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> but, like, and, and that's just, like, one of the really great things about it, because it, it really lives in all of these different genres. And because it does that, you're utilizing different game mechanics every mm-hmm. level. And, and you get to exploit all of those game mechanics in different ways. So, like, for me, like, is the game, it's hard because, like, I can't, I couldn't say that it got a perfect score because there were some issues sure but this was a strong start to large games coming out this year because as much as cd project red wants to blame covid and (laughs) wants to blame miscommunications over zoom calls yeah i this is the first game that we've had launch that i just think is a solid launch without all of the problems that a lot yeah. of other games have had. I like because I, I know like the only problem right now is like the server load. They did not expect as many people, so looks like successful yes. launch. <laughs> exactly. And, and right now there is so the cool thing about Hitman Three is when you purchase it, all the 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 updates for that game actually carry over to 
two and one, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I want to see how that plays Ooh. out. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like CD, what, what, what the fuck was your problem? Cause this guy, <laughs> the, these guys over here, they updated their old games and brought out a new one and, yes! and, and reasonably so it's a pretty smooth launch other than and like, again, yeah. yeah, technically look at that for like- of the year. So yeah, overall I'm loving it. I can't wait as much as I love this conversation. I can't wait so, to turn this off and, and, and go play it. Can I ask you a quick question about how... Because our, our big thing here is our worry that the DualSense controller is not going to be used to its full potential by non-first-party stuff. Right. Do you feel like Hitman takes advantage of it in any way yet? Or? Not yet. So that's yet. worrying. Okay. That's worrying. But you do All throw right. a wrench at people and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you can also subdue people with a banana. I'm going so to do that. <laughs> They're in lockers. <laughs> I am going to try that out. <laughs> uh, don't tell me how you do it. I just want to just I want to see that animation play play out. I don't know. Uh, with that though, Kate, you recommend this game? It sounds like I do. One hundred percent. It comes with my strongest recommendation. Like I I cover when I cover games. Um, usually, I mean, when you work with PR, they really just expect a review, but every now and again, I get really taken up in a game, and that happened to me with Immortals Phoenix. I wrote, I think, five pieces on there on Immortals Mm -hmm. Phoenix, and then, uh, when I wrapped Hitman, I had just planned to do a review, and then, like, maybe a jokey article about how hot he is in suits. I did do that when I ranked all of the starting ones. You can go find that. Um, also, if you would just want to see the suits, they're all in there with screen caps. Um, but I wrote four pieces on this, so like a little bit over 5,000 words on, on how how fun this game is and how good it is. And, and I'm just, I'm really proud of the folks at, at IO because I know that like past Hitman launches have been pretty rough. Pretty rough. Um, <laughs> yeah. And right before this launch, they were dealing with some issues with PC players because um, since this is an Epic Game Store exclusive, oh, PC is. players were going to have, yeah, they were going to have to rebuy their, st- their Steam-owned games on oh. Epic in order to play the updated pieces. Okay. And so that's something that was frustrating to a lot of people. They're still working on that to make it so that players don't have to rebuy. I don't, I haven't checked the updates on that, but um, so like they, they had the potential to have a rough launch and I don't think they did. Um, And so I'm just, I'm really proud of them over there. That was (laughs) like, it, it was, it was really good. And it, it's hard to make a stealth game for everybody, and I mm. genuinely think this is a stealth game for everybody. Like, I I feel like if you are not into stealth games, you should still pick this up, because this could be Baby's first stealth game, and it would it be really a perfect is. foray into the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel it that way for me. Um, I We're going to have two questions, and I'm going to save the rest for our next episode, uh, uh, literally tomorrow, for the Resident Evil uh, episode that we're going to be doing. So this looks like PlayStation's going to have a presence somewhere sort in there. So again, be on the lookout for that. People th- that put in questions, don't worry. We're getting to them in the next episode. Uh, but I want to be respectful of Kate's time here. And I want to ask you one thing Jedi Master Ren says or asks, Hitman has always been a tantalizing IP for me dating back to my days on the 360. Don't worry. I'll keep that between you and me. He means PS3. <laughs> I played both that came out during the era and I enjoyed them a lot. However, Hitman 1 didn't resonate with me. And part of part two the episodic nature is this game is 
is that game mechanic something that resonates with you in this series? And follow-up, do you think they'll use the same format for the upcoming 007 game? Hmm. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, so I could easily see them making the 007 game into an episodic thing. Personally, mm. I hate episodes. Yeah. Give me my whole game. You yeah. have it. I want it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also just think that's, I, I, I don't think episodes are a good way to go from a player retention standpoint, just yeah. because people will check out if you, if it's easy to have one faulty level or one faulty, you know, mission, um, in a game that has 10 but if you're oh i bought episode two now yep. and this sucked nope not getting episode three um so yeah <laughs> no i did not i didn't like that mechanic i i've never liked the mechanic with any game yeah um so yeah um but i don't think that i think the fact that they didn't do that format for hitman 3 i don't think that they will do it for 007 i think they could and it would work well it, from a storytelling standpoint, but I just think that I think that there were too many complaints about mm. that from their from their players to yeah. to go that way. I think you're totally right because, like, for me, um, I, I think a Telltale when like they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. people buy the first episode, maybe episode two doesn't hit with them, or they forget to buy it because it was like three months ago, and they yeah. kind of they they lose it. like people like to binge, and so like yeah. I would match that's me. Ra- that's how I play those games. I would yep. all out and yeah, play them like all I'd once. rather pay a Same. whole you know forty bucks for for you know whatever have you from them, and I just have it as a one a one thing, uh, and like or. or, or COVID fog. This is what I'm blaming for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, you know, when I think of Batman, the second one that Telltale did, I didn't like episode two and I didn't stick with it because of that. And so yeah. when I, when I think about the episodic nature, I think more folks need to move away from that. And I think they are. I think they're kind of getting that, that, uh, that point across. And that's why I yeah. think, you know, have seen games like Evil Within. Not, Wolf Among Us? Wolf Among Us. Why was I thinking yeah. evil within Jesus? <laughs> very <Boy>. different. <laughs> yeah, very different games. But yeah, Wolf Among Us too. And that's why I think that hasn't come out because it's not episodic. You but. hear that, Disney Plus? Give me all WandaVision right now. Seriously. Thank you. Seriously. Please. I can't. Unpopular I can't opinion wait. about WandaVision because apparently I dig the Nick and Knight aesthetic, but I'm also bored. I'm also oh. really bored. And there's and there's a difference between me being confused but in like I was with Watchmen and me being confused and frustrated and that's WandaVision. Anyway, that said, we do have one last question and this is a PlayStation show. Uh Joseph Yaden, uh the magnificent writer that he is, asks us a, a question that will stand the test of time. Hash browns. Crispy or normal? Yaden, question for you. What's normal? Yeah. What so I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. When you're when you're at a McDonald, right? Yeah. All right. And this is before they'll raise the minimum wage and they're a million dollars. Kyle, <laughs> that's <laughs> hash browns will be the currency of the future because of inflation. Forget Kyle, bit, forget Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm investing in hash browns from McDonald's. in McDonald's hash browns in particular. <laughs> I have what, five what, fridges full. <laughs> Dude, you're a hash brown millionaire. Um, like when you're getting that 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 Mick Mick uh hash brown, yeah, do you yeah. want it to be a little soggy? Is that what he said? Like like it's Ooh. been steamed in the back, or do you want that crunch? I d- 
if I'm eating it right away, like as I'm driving, yeah, uh, crispy, one hundred percent. Okay, fair. But also like large and in charge here. Uh, yeah. I I get the I, if I'm going for McDonald's breakfast, I get the the platter with like the pancakes. Fair. So then you put the hash brown on it, let the syrup get in Fuck. in it, like. Ooh, that's really good. So, and that gets a little soggy. Chef Kyle here. Look at this. I, I, I'm trying to. I'm still trying to think what a normal hash brown is. Is that just like cut up potatoes and like regular? I don't count that as hash browns. So people like, like the oh, hot, your the hash. That's just hash. potatoes. That's yeah. yeah you're right? literally just yeah. That's literally potatoes. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I just start out. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Soggy food is disgusting, and <laughs> I don't like it, and okay. therefore crispy, crispy, crispy. Although hash browns are that weird food where if they get too crispy, there's it's like nothing up. in the middle. It's it's just, absolutely, it's just yeah, mm-hmm. it's just crisp. It's either there's desert no or swamp. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna go crispy uh, to an extent because I do want a little sog. You want a little, and, and Kyle's gonna hate this because he, he hates this I condiment. Not, I, I, I have to fluff. have ketchup on it. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, okay. You're not a fan of ketchup? A, no, I'm not actually. Uh, fun fact about me: I hate condiments. I'm yes! fine with. I found I'm fine somebody with, else. Like, sauces, but I don't want your mustard. I don't want your ketchup. Oh I don't God, want your yes. mayo. I yes. don't want any of that. It is nasty. Goodbye. Get it away. <laughs> wow. And oh the quality God. just gets worse. Like maybe you can get like the farmers market, like freshly made stuff. And that's like not that's I'm still not going to eat it, but like okay. But then you just get the giant bottle of red and yellow stuff, and it's <laughs> disgusting. Okay. okay, thank you so much. Okay. I, I feel seen. I feel uh, like yeah. I'm not alone anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and there by are the dozens way, of us. Real talk. This has been a fantastic episode. Again, we're going to save the Andrew House's snail mail uh, for next episode because there is one question about Resident Evil that I really feel like should be saved for that episode from Nagashaka sure. in particular. So with that said, that's been the trophy room this week. Kate, I want to thank you so much. You were absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> where can people find you? Where can people get a listen to the, your podcast? Tell them all the things. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at ohmymythrandir, um, O-H-M-Y-M-I-T-H-R-A-N-D-A-R. I tried to make a Lord of the Rings joke, like, oh my god, but oh my Gandalf, but I wanted to, I, I don't know why I chose Mithrandir, I wanted to be extra deep cut, I guess. Um, but that's my name, and I'm gonna be sticking with it, because rebranding's too hard. Um, I've been there twice, can... <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, but you can find my podcast, uh, I run But Why They're the Podcast, which is a pop culture weekly pop culture podcast where we dig into different pop culture things. We just released our Hitman episode where we go into the history and uh, history of the game and what it's done for games in general um, and why it matters. Um, and then uh, you can find my anime podcast, Did You Have To, as well. Um, we're on all the podcasting apps, but Did You Have To is anime podcast, which started about us reviewing live action adaptations of anime and asking, does this have to be made? And it's, I love it's, it. uh, it's morphed into, uh, us just talking about pretty much anything under the anime sun. We've got an extra thirsty the most recent episodes. We do have a, an episode on the history of hentai and what it's Whoa. like. Uh, as well as Yaoi. Um, and we have a sexy monster episode coming out in February as well. Yeah. Uh, but you can also hear our question, thoughts question. On, I, I'm, like, I'm serious. Hero. I'm serious. I'm so, <laughs> I am, I'm so, I'm, I'm, what is Yaoi? 
You, oh, Yowie is boys' love. It's also referred to as oh. BL. So it is MM romance pairing. Okay. They, they did that on South Park. That's <laughs> all so I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They okay. can range from wholesome hand holding oh, to nice. this is just hentai. Okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. I, with more story. I love this. <laughs> Everybody learned a, a whole new thing today, whether you wanted to or not. That's fantastic. <laughs> Everybody, please check out Kate's stuff. She's she's fantastic, a fantastic writer. Go go to but why though? Go, uh, Kyle. Yeah. What would you What would you like to promote today? Uh, myself, Mr. K Step on Twitter and on PSN. Uh, if you want to follow, uh, some news about indie stuff, you can follow every, oh, oh my god, all my indie games coverage <laughs> over at 61 Indie on Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash 61 Indie and youtube.com slash 61 Indie. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, you can find this show wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, uh, Apple podcast, whether that's Spotify, whether that's not SoundCloud, sorry, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your, your podcast, you can find the show there, except for SoundCloud, or you can find the video version of the show over on YouTube.com, uh, PS, or sorry, the trophy room, a PlayStation channel. So go check us out there. And, uh, yeah. With all that said, with all that out of the way, please, 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 not only keep your wits about you, but please support our Gaming for Guru charity. Again, even if it's a buck, it's really going to help our good friend Guru recover and be his best self, A-S-A-P. So, with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. We'll see you next episode. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation.